Welcome to HR Nightmares. Uh, we were just caught talking about beer. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> if you like what you hear on HR Nightmares, make sure that you hit the subscribe button on YouTube and you listen to us um, wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple. Where do other people listen to podcasts? Are there other places? YouTube. Amazon Music. Yeah, but go to YouTube. It's more entertaining because you can see our special guests, like Alexis, who we have here today. I'm Hi. Lisa Leith. I'm the Chief People Officer at Vanica, and this uh, podcast is sponsored by Leith HR Group. Who are you? Hey, Andy Almeter, uh, president of Leith HR Group. And our special guest, an NC Stater, who's been around the Wilmington, North Carolina community for a long time. Yes. Uh, Alexis Hunter. And um, she's a recovering HR person, kind of, but her job still touches people and culture. And so I want to kind of explore with you today what your path was to get to the job that you're in right now. Sure. Um, And then... How you're making a difference in employees' world at the organization that you're currently in. So, like, tell us who you are, what's your job, how'd you get there? Sure. So, I'm Alexis Hunter. I'm the community liaison for Wilmington Health right now. Um, I have, I was born in Wilmington. I've lived here most of my life. Went away to go to NC State, go pack. Uh, And then my husband and I lived in Atlanta for a few years while he was in grad school. But otherwise, we've been here. Um, I love Wilmington. It's home, but I also love to see it grow. Uh, After we got back from Atlanta, I worked for 10 years in a small mental health company, um, small business, owned and operated by the head therapist there. um, Family business. Family business. Those are dangerous. Those are very, very (laughs) dangerous. Um, But I started as essentially the practice manager there, and that morphed into a position after some restructuring at that organization to um, overseeing all of the human resource function as well as marketing, outreach, and general small business director duties, which as we all know, can be all-encompassing of, of everything. Um, and so I had never been in an HR role before, uh, but I ended up really enjoying it. It was fun. I mean, I felt like I was helping the people that I worked with, but there was a lot of learning curves because, you know, it's all fun and games until you hear from a company with an acronym from the government, you know, so... <laughs> um, Thankfully, we have a lot of really talented HR professionals in our area. And so um, I was able to connect with people like Lisa and then also through the Lower Cape Fear Human Resource Association just to be able to lean on other people that were certified or that actually had a degree in human resources um, just for help. But I also did all of the marketing and outreach, which I really have a passion for. My major at NC State was in public relations. And so that really felt like something that was home for me. But before the pandemic, an opportunity came up at Wilmington Health for the first ever community liaison. Um, And it was a bittersweet decision to leave an organization that I'd been at for 10 years, uh, especially leaving a small organization. There was probably about 20 people there when I left um, and going into a large healthcare organization with over a thousand people. Uh, But my role at Wilmington Health is to connect people and resources from within our organization to people and resources outside of our organization is, is really the broad strokes of it. Um, But I am able to lean on my background in HR because a lot of what I do is working with 
employers from our region and helping them and their employees navigate the healthcare system. Uh, but also, I am the person within our organization that gets to go out to the events and, and learn about opportunities for Wilmington Health to be a part of. And so I can also bring that back to employees and help folks that work for Wilmington Health become um, a part of things that are going on in the community. So I really enjoy doing that too. Um, I see the my focus as you know anyone who who needs a connection, um, and sometimes that means our employees. Sometimes that means people outside of our organization, our physicians. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. I do something different every day, and I really enjoy it. Having a degree in public relations and or communications or marketing can actually be a pretty seamless transition to a career in HR because a lot of what we do. Um, whether you're in recruiting or you're a generalist or even in comp and bend, so much of how you roll something out or how you tee things up for employees so that they understand it or buy into it or whatever is internal communications. Absolutely. So um, how'd you use your communication skills when you were uh, having to be in charge of HR? Well, it was actually really cool because I looked at it as I'm marketing the organization to our internal employees and the future employees. Um, I mean, I really feel like at any organization, no matter the size of it, HR and marketing, they need to be in cahoots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, every post, every graphic, every ad, everything that you are marketing to your consumers is also marketing towards people that could potentially work for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no secret. We're in an environment right now where every industry is lacking in staffing. We need more people to want to work for us. And people are going to go work for the company that they think aligns with their values. And they think that the culture could be great. And so when I was doing both of the things, I could really, you know, especially if, if in recruiting – use marketing skills to showcase a job description that really not only says this is what you're going to do every day these are your essential functions but talk about the culture of the organization what are you getting ready to get into what do you expect in the office i would imagine now that means you know talking about flexibility hybrid opportunities remote opportunities but for hr people and marketing people to use the skill sets that they have that they're both really great at, but come together and figure out how they can work together and merge those things, I think is really important for a successful organization. I think we, we, we see this a lot. We do a lot of recruiting at Leith HR Group and, um, and we really see, uh, you know, how job descriptions are just a bulleted list of this is what you're going to be required to do. Um, but, but these are, these are perfect opportunities for, um, these job, job postings, um, the way you post, um, the way you write them is a great place for culture to kind of shine through yeah. in a day in a life of what it's like to be an employee at Wilmington health or wherever, you know, you're, you're looking to, to hire. So Absolutely. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I feel like even the one or the couple of times that I've just like done kind of a super non-professional video just recorded from a Zoom and then posted it to LinkedIn about like, I have five hot jobs I've got to fill right now. One's in Boston. Who likes Boston? If you like the snow, if you like like the culture of Boston, if you like Irish bars, like whatever you can say about like appealing to a person that would like living in that location, working for that company, working for that type of leader, even talking about like, I've met this CEO. This is what he's like. You're going to love working for him if you love working for a... 
you know, um, a guy that's super flexible and hands off. And so I guess like if you can just even make a video, especially on LinkedIn, LinkedIn tends to get <clears throat> the most traction when you post a video. Sure. Um, and then also if you can have everybody on your team uh, do five words or more. This is my big tip that I give to everybody. Five words or more on a LinkedIn post gets it kind of like in the algorithm or the, okay. ro the robots like uh, put it in front of more people. Sure. So, um, you know. It's not just likes. It's like, it's uh, writing, yeah, commenting. commenting for share. That doesn't do anything for me. Um, wow, I didn't know you're hiring. So I'm going to comment right now so people in my network can see it. Then it gets in front of right. more people. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. Little tip. Videos, yeah. five words or more. LinkedIn. Yeah. And also as your organization is doing this, you know, whether if you work for a big organization and a whole department does it, or if you work for a small organization and one person does all the social media, help your team out, like share your organization's posts and videos. And if, if the commenting is going to be what does it do that, like it's amazing the things that I see on LinkedIn that I would have never followed, but because I follow you or Andy and you commented on yeah. it, it's going to show up in my feed. Mm -hmm. And you never know who's going to see it at the exact right time and then go take a deep dive on that organization's LinkedIn page to their website to, you know, their glass door, you know, whatever it yeah. is that they're going to go look at. Go educate themselves. Um, but help your company out and, and, mm -hmm share things, post things, you know, be an advocate for your organization. Totally. Um, I learned something cool last night. Um, so at Vanica, our people and culture team went through a process called teamship with District C. Uh, okay. So um, basically it's a bunch of high school kids from across North Carolina that have like a teacher coach and they solve a real business problem for a real business. Oh, wow. So it was us, um, it was Megacorp, Live Oak, um, IBM and Dell. Wow. And we all had like six kids on our team solving a problem. And we said, hey, we'd like to get more direct hires because that's not a heavy lift. Right now, most of our hires come from passive candidates we source. Um, and so they had some really good advice when it came to social media. They gave us some good advice on updating our website, but then also social media advice. And the one thing that I thought was really interesting, we'd been avoiding TikTok. And shout out to Gabby <sighs> at Leith HR Group because she pushed us into TikTok and she's got a really hilarious thing going on she's trying to get tiktok famous so go check out the I gotta check her group out. tiktok she's yeah. adorable um but these kids were like you need a tiktok because you know you can advertise and so people will people get sucked into these videos right so even if you're like hey i'm lisa i'm a front-end developer this is like a day in my life i gotta deal with this guy and like just even if you make it a little bit funny but you just kind of do a 30 second reel on a day in the life at vanica as a developer um they're like people will watch it and you put a cup like a couple of advertising dollars on it and dang like probably the bang for the buck that we're going to get out of this so watch out for the Vanica TikTok. But they also gave us some good advice on um, Instagram. And they said, like, this is totally an, like a post-millennial thing. But they were like, your grid is messed up. And I was like, grid? My grid? Yeah. Like, so that's when you go to my profile and all the tile boxes. Yeah. It just looks like a mishmash like thing right now. And they were, and so I was like, well, what's your advice? Would you put like the fun community pictures on the grid, like on your story, on your, um, what do you call it? Like your feed? Yeah. Or would you put them in your stories? And they said, no, you should put like your fun pics in your stories 
and then put your like branded posts with like the colors and the fonts are all coordinated. Even if it's fun picture, like throw it in a nice Canva template that goes on your grid. So when I go to your grid, oh, that's what you see. It looks pretty, but the but the stories are gone soon. They like disappear yeah but you gotta like have good stories every day yeah oh, gosh. <laughs> or recycle or recycle Recycle your stories keep your videos post them later don't do live feeds well that's it was kind of interesting the, yeah like the, that's what the, the, yeah. the look and feel is interesting to hear that they're after that they're after that uniformity that um that that kind of um clean they cared. They yeah, said if I went to go research a job and like dig into their credibility on their website or their socials, like it's almost having an organized and pretty social media platform is wow. like a it's like a piece of data for them when they go to educate oh, see, themselves now I have on to credibility. Go look at our grid and other go grids. look at the grid because uh, I don't know fix what our, our grid. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Look, but good for you as a for marketing asking, person too. Yeah, good for you for asking young people um, who are going to be looking for jobs mm-hmm. in the Soon. next five years. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had everybody from a freshman to a senior on my team. Yeah, so they'll be the next interns, front end developers. They, these people could have been UI UX. I was like, why are we paying an outside company to redo our website right now? You guys could just come redo our website. <laughs> Do you ever ask sure. some of your fresh hires, like what made you decide oh, yeah. to get the yeah, job? Yeah, all here? the time. We do okay. surveys, like we, we survey the, the crap out of these people. Like, yeah. Um, and it's all about, so we have a really high um, rate of acceptance, like offer to acceptance uh-huh. ratio at Vanica. Um, I think we've only had like one person turn us down in the last 17 offers oh my gosh um and it's because we do a really good job like sourcing the right people and then giving them a great candidate experience so that they know we know by the time we get to the end of the interview process like is this going to be a professional match made in heaven um and most of the feedback is like that touch and like the extra mile that we go and it's just something as simple as like by the time they get their offer to the time they step through the door we haven't just like given them radio silence for two weeks. It's like someone's touching base with them every day or every other day, just saying like, hey, we can't wait to see you. Here's one other thing that I want to like fill you in on. Hey, we're going to have a town hall on the Friday that you're here. Don't forget to put it on your calendar. Hey, just touching base. Yeah. Still excited. Hey, I coordinated a lunch with your manager on day one. So just somebody texting them. Um, they felt like they got treated really nice, like up to the offer. And then from the offer to the day they came in, they felt like, oh, wow, they're, like, they're ready for me. They're getting ready. They're excited. That's awesome. They haven't forgotten about me. Yeah. Which like I've been in that place before where you get a job offer and you're like, am I supposed to show up on the 30th? Like, right. What day? What I forget day what we start? said. I don't remember. Is it eight? Is it like, do I come early? So anyway. Yeah. And being a recruiter, sometimes we see this. We see this with with companies that we're working with, and um, and there's this lull. And in that lull, it's my job to act as that third party to say it's okay, everything's great, we're yeah. on track. You know, sorry they haven't. You know, whatever it may be, but it's it's that constant touch because if that goes away, candidate goes away. Right. No, they that's, lose interest. That's such a good that's such a good thought because mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunities out there right now, and if candidates feel like they're getting more attention from somebody else they're just gonna go go we had a director level candidate last year like basically drop out after like giving a three-week notice and then the friday before she was supposed to start monday she hadn't heard from anybody at that company 
and she gone. She's done. Yep, she was done. She found somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it's like a $180,000 person. Just oh, my like, gosh. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> we, we also had somebody at, a, at another at another uh, place um, start, actual start, and got there, no badge, no computer, desk was dirty. Oh. oh, the best was they were supposed to be a recruiter, and they and didn't they have a computer or a LinkedIn recruiter or, like, any of the tools that you need to just – Like, Do when you're a recruiter, job. you could get started right now. Right. You're just <laughs> like, looking for people to work. Hey, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, no tools. It's just so simple. But anyway. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, part I can see, like, if you don't have the recruiter that, you know, is going to make sure all the things kind of fall into place leading up to the day – I can see how that gets lost in the shuffle. But then if you lose that one candidate that was going to be your unicorn, right. you're back to square one. And sure that's are. no good. Nope. Hmm. Speaking of recruiting in a tough place, I mean, healthcare has been really tough. <clears throat> COVID was the ultimate HR uh-huh. nightmare. So now that things are seemingly better, I mean, how's the morale um, in the healthcare industry? Are you finding it a little bit easier to find folks or... How's it going on the recruiting and retention front? Um, I think it ebbs and flows. You know, we still at Wilmington Health have a lot of opportunities available. Um, I think that in healthcare in general, there's always going to be mm-hmm. nurses needed. There's always going to be techs mm-hmm. needed, always CNAs. You know, they're, that's never going to go away. Um, I think that, you know, people wonder if the grass is greener on the other side of the street and sometimes it is and sometimes it's not but right. you know for for nurses I mean you're you know what to do you know how to do the work just like a software developer you know how to do the work it's just a matter of whether or not you want to fit in with that organization that you're working for um, but as far as morale you know I think it really depends on the people you work with every day, you know, there's just so much to be said about a good attitude about it. Um, there are even within Wilmington Health, I mean, there are people who take the load of I'm going to be the good attitude of the day in the office. I mean, I, I do that sometimes. They're, you? I, me? Can you believe it? <laughs> yes. Um, people that I work with joke, we did the, um, for professional development, we did the Strengths Finder. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. I know you can't believe it, but my number one strength woo. is woo. Yes. <laughs> gotcha. So I walked down the hall and people were like, woo. <laughs> We were at Healthcare Heroes, and my response to everything is, woo! But at the same time, like, it makes people happy, you know? Like, I can come in, and I'm going to always have a glass half full. I know that there's problems, but I'm going to figure out how to either solve them or get around it or at least have a positive outlook on it. And I think that's contagious, but... I see that um, in a lot of different places. You know the person that's in your department or your team or your in healthcare in your clinic, wherever, that you can basically go to to put a smile on your face. And if you're that person, please keep it up. I know that everybody has hard days, but I think that that's, a, that's part of it is that some of us just have to have a really good attitude um, regardless of, of what's going on. Um, but it's... It's tough, and we're we're faced with short-staffed, short-tempered <laughs> teams that you know somebody calls out of work, and you're doing the work for two people all by yourself. But 
patients are still going to come in the door. They still have to be seen. And in fact, I was at my daughter's appointment at Wilmington Health not too long ago, and I had to go in for lab work before you go to your PCP. And it was taking a little bit longer than it probably should have. And they said, we're running a little behind. It's going to be a little bit longer. They gave me the, you know, they, they told me when I sat down, they told me when I checked in that it would be, but the phlebotomist said somebody called out of work. So I'm doing this all by myself today. And I said, you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. Like it took me 15 minutes later. Like, I don't want you to rush when you're sticking a needle <laughs> yeah. into my arm. Hey, we're all good. Please take your time. It's totally fine. Yeah. And just hearing someone say, hey, you're doing a good job, like elevated them. They just needed to yeah. hear that. You know, be kind to people, no matter what your industry is, mm-hmm. help them out with that. Um, also, be- like who tells the phlebotomist they're doing a good job? That woman has probably never heard that. So you definitely made her day. Well, I hope so. But <laughs> other people, it, it costs nothing to be kind. It hardly takes Correct. any time out of your day to be kind. And the ramifications are huge, um, especially if you work in an industry where people are considering, I'm going to call out of work today because I'm so stressed out at work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But anything I think that organizations can do to like, just give a little bit, you know, it like bringing in Chick-fil-A mini muffins goes a long way, you know, like Chick-fil-A makes muffins. The, or the mini, oh, I was uh, what like, are the, not okay, mini muffins, we're going to go mini, check that. <laughs> mini nuggets or the biscuits, biscuits the little like the biscuits. Yeah, 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 not mini knows. muffins. Sounds I've amazing. been around my children too much who love mini muffins. <laughs> little muffins. Um, yes, but some, anything that mm-hmm. you can do to boost morale, do it. You know, we talk a lot about this, uh, like, at, both personally, professionally, and then we talk a lot about it at Vanica too, but it's sort of like, I think it's just the way the world is right now, and we just got through elections, and oh everything gosh. is so freaking contentious. Yes, um, that people are sort of like conditioned now to fill a vacuum of no information with rumors or um, stories that they want to tell themselves to make them feel better about their position or their power, like whatever. But um, <clears throat> one thing that one program that's pretty cool, and there's lots of free videos out there on YouTube, it's called Reality-Based Thinking. Okay. And it's it's like a methodology to check yourself when you start to go down this vortex of negativity, like how to check yourself and kind of get back to a mindset where like, what can I c- control? What's within my control? What are the facts? Like, could this be, could what I'm telling myself, could any of that be untrue? Sure. Um, And it's really powerful. And there's little clips out there. I wish I could think of her name right now, but just look up on YouTube, reality-based thinking. And then there's another program called reality-based leadership. And it's being able to coach people on Mm -hmm. reality-based thinking. Um, But it's powerful. And then I also saw a really wonderful speaker. She's got a book out right now called Chasing the Bright Side. Her name's Jess Ekstrom. Go check her out too. Um, but she started this company called um, Headbands for Heroes, and she makes headbands for kids with cancer. Um, and she's in all kinds of stores. So if you see her headbands at Ulta, buy one. Um, because a lot of uh, what she does is is focused on 
just bringing a smile mm-hmm. to kids who don't have a lot to look forward to. So just when you think, you know, your life is crap, like think about yeah. there's a there's a baby out there with cancer. Yeah. Um, so let's try to like keep the chin up and, and start to like think about reality versus telling ourselves stories. But she was great. Reality-based thinking is great. Reality-based leadership is great. Let's stop telling ourselves stories and try to like spin it in a positive light and what can we control? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, I, I try to woo as, as often as I can. What's your second strength? Um, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. What's your strength? Communication is one of them. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah. That's one of the strengths. Communication. What's your strength? Did you ever do strength finder? I don't think I ever did it. Well, I have the book at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's fascinating. Um, Mine will say I just shouldn't talk to people. <laughs> no, no, that's serious. You should. You should. Um, adaptability. That was one of my. I'm oh, okay. Like, that's oh, a great it's, one. It's gonna be fine. Don't worry. And of course, I work with people that are strategic, mm-hmm. and so you know they're like, no, there's there's this, these boxes that you have to check, and yeah. it has yeah. to be done. And I'm always like, oh, it's gonna be fine. And Don't you're worry. Focus a strategy. <laughs> you're in a highly regulated field too, so or industry. Yeah. No, I have to go with the flow, but <clears throat> I, I mean. I had the absolute pleasure of leading our team um, to do the medical tent for Iron Man. And so Wilmington Health is the medical sponsor for Iron Man, this, you know, giant mm-hmm. race that comes to North Carolina. It brings, I think they said that like 7,000 people oh, came wow. to the area for these people who swim, bike, and run 70.3 miles. No big Good for them. <laughs> um, I did not participate in Ironman, but Wilmington Health is the medical sponsor. And so that means we have to provide medical care to the athletes. And one of our pillars is our commitment to community. And so that's why we do this. And we also have a volunteer requirement that employees are expected to volunteer a certain number of hours. Oh, we, we, have, awesome. we have tons of opportunities. Like there's no shortage of volunteer opportunities in Wilmington. So it's pretty easy yeah. to find a place. Sure. And so we use Ironman as an opportunity for employees to volunteer. And this was our second year doing it. And so I'm like the cheerleader of like, let's get people signed up, volunteer. And we did trainings leading up to it just so people could know where to park, what mm-hmm. to do, what to expect, all that kind of logistical things. And at the f- beginning of the trainings, I said, if you can just go into this thinking, I'm going to have fun, <laughs> you're going to have fun. Right? Like, that's all I'm asking of you. Yeah. When you show up, just say, I'm going to have fun doing this. And I promise you, it's going to be fun. And everybody had fun. Like, it's just, it's so cool to see. It's beautiful down the river. The finish line was in the Live Oak Bank Pavilion at Riverfront Park. It's awesome. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thankfully, we didn't have any, you know, like, dire, dire things that we had to treat. I was wondering that, and I was like, should I ask? Well, I mean, people get, like, fluids and stuff after they run races, and I work in healthcare, but I do not like to see, you know, needles and (laughs) things like that, so I have to stay out of that part. But people who were a little worrisome that it was just going to be, oh, I can't believe I'm spending my Saturday doing this – they had fun. Like we gave people the opportunity to walk around, do things. I was on snack duty and I was like, nobody's going to go hungry. We're going to have good snacks. We're going to have good things to drink. You know, I want this to be a fun opportunity. And now people are already saying, what is the date for next year? I want to put it on the calendar. People like it. And so find the person in your organization who has a little bit of woo in them 
Um, maybe they're not on the HR team or the marketing team. I mean, maybe they're... Sometimes it's better if they're not. Sometimes it's better if they're not. Yeah. You know, maybe they're in charge of customer service or whatever it is that they do. But encourage people who look at the world with a glass half full mm-hmm. to be able to cheer on employees because it's really needed. Of course, we have to have our reality check sometimes. I know yeah. that I have to take off my rose-colored glasses sometimes. But I also think that um, you can really bring a lot to the culture of your organization by having a good attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are looking for that right now. We yeah. were talking about the the, uh, the, the attraction um, and the retention, but the attraction that's that's a big selling point. People, yeah. yeah, getting teams together and getting out there and volunteering in the community, that's a that's a major checkbox for folks these days. Yeah, sure. I could see that. And you're right, this town's got a lot of opportunities. It does. We have a ton of opportunities. They're awesome. If you go to Cape Fear Collective, if you live in the Wilmington area, Cape Fear Collective, they've got the volunteer link there, right? Whether you're the an share. individual or a group. Oh, share Cape Fear. Share Cape Fear. Share, share Cape, Cape Fear. Fear. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but no, there's tons of stuff. Like get people in your organization to mm-hmm. go and do something for two or four hours and it's fun and it's you fun. and you do something to give back and it's just an opportunity to feel good about it. But you said sometimes it's best if it's not the HR person. So to bring the HR nightmare component into this, because that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's good to set guardrails. For those type situations, sure. it's good to say, you know, hey, carpool, you know, all go together. Um, if if you have anything to drink, you know, um, make sure you got a safe ride. Get that plan in place ahead yeah. of time. Um, I think that's I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I would say, like, we started a volunteer team at Vanica, Vanica Volunteers, and I helped get it kicked off. But then I was like, I need somebody else on this committee to volunteer to lead it because I'm going to step away. Sure. Because this needs to be like an employee-led initiative. And so every month we do a volunteer. We do a volunteer thing. It's very well attended. Um, Everything from cleaning the beach to habitat to packing lunches Mm -hmm. at Nourished, whatever. You know, you do the same thing. Yeah. You're out there all the time. Um, but it's fun and people enjoy it and seeing the pictures on my ugly grid on Instagram, like I've had candidates be like, I like seeing that you guys are out in the community sure. where you live and you work, um, and you're doing good things and you're giving back and you allow people just space away from work and the computer to go just do something else and build some camaraderie and build rapport with your teammates. So yeah, it's good. It's important. And if you as an organization have a lot of different types of things that you support or you sponsor, um, you know, if you're involved with the chamber, like all of us are, um, there are going to be things that are open to really anybody on your team. You know, Um, if there's an event happening that you have 10 seats for, you know, really look within your organization to see like who is going to be really, really excited about this opportunity. Some people hate it. They don't ever want to go out and Mm -hmm. be in public, but some people really, really like it. And so find ways to support groups in our community. You know, there's all kinds of galas, galas that you can dress up and be fancy for. And they are great opportunities to give back, but also for, hey, we got this table for 10 at whatever thing 
we would like to see who wants to go to it. You know, yeah. the first 10 people that respond to this Microsoft form get the tickets, you know, yeah. have a night on the town. Those are your cheerleaders. Yeah. Those are the people out doing the marketing for you. Those are your your um, your best recruiters, right? right? The people that are excited to work for Wilmington Health. Um, and also, it shouldn't be the same people over and over again. Right. I see that. I'm sure we all see that all the time, right? Yeah. We go to an event and, I mean – we're a very small we're, we're a small group right yeah. so it's it's we, it's we try to rotate a little bit but um but it's but yeah the same people are always there and so it's time to get out there and, and really like think critically about who you are inviting to these things um to really show the community and your peers you yeah. know that there's more than just these five key people right inviting people to like for instance the women's development lunch at yes. the chamber if you're already a chamber member it doesn't matter you're a small business you're a mid-sized business you're a large business you're probably a chamber member in whatever community you live and do work so like it's a rewards opportunity yes. so somebody who may be kind of like an accounting specialist that never gets an invite to freaking anything. Right. Like, wow. Do they feel special? And they, and it actually, it's a psychological thing too. When yeah. somebody comes up and says, Hey, I heard you work for Wilmington health. Now tell me about Wilmington health. What's going on over there. I see you built some new buildings recently. Like, right. and that accounting specialist is going to get to talk about Wilmington health yeah. and feel good about and have pride in their sense of workplace. Sure. So it's a good. It's just a win-win. You gotta yeah. bring people that don't normally get out of there. And office. their productivity will come up. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, calculate. I think it's cool too because, like, for example, we um, are supporters of Wilma for the Women to Watch initiatives, and so um, there was a luncheon not too long ago um, that we had a table for ten. And we opened it up, and who wanted to come in? And there was there was ladies that had never even heard of the event. Nice. They're new to Wilmington. They're new to Wilmington Health, and they hadn't had an opportunity. And they got to get away from their clinic for two or three hours, go yeah. to the leadership sessions, the things that are the little um, breakout sessions, and then the keynote. And they're hearing from people in different industries mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. getting out of the – bubble that you work in every day is I think really really incredible because you then can hear like people in healthcare sometimes need to hear somebody from banking speak or from software development speak you know how did your team get through this there's a problem that we're going through and it's kind of like that and listen to the way that other people have done things in different organizations because just because you work in banking doesn't mean that the way that bankers do it is the only way to solve a problem. Um, so I think it's great to take advantage of opportunities where we can learn and grow every chance we get. Yeah, 100%. That's the best way to um, to bring those new ideas to your organization, to disrupt yourself, yeah. um, is to get people from not the standard cookie-cutter background that you usually look for. Right. Um. We always do some audience write-ins mm. with our guests. So are you ready to have some fun? Yes. Oh. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what they wrote in. Oh, man. Well, this is fun. We've got two people Andy's that are putting outside. putting sunglasses. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want anyone to see his <laughs> eyes shift. He got a sneak preview of one of these. Um, okay. Well, this is kind of, this is like your standard HR sort of like soup frontline supervisor 101 type thing. Okay. Um, okay. Somebody actually wrote in from Pennsylvania and they said, security guards work in a very small booth. One female guard has extreme odor. Uh, coworkers are unable to stay in the booth with her and are nauseous. 
We managed mm. the conversation with her as best as possible. So I guess they must have talked to her. I yeah. don't know. She explained it as a... Me- yeah, they did. She explained it as a medical condition. She's humbled and embarrassed. I wonder if those were her words. <laughs> she said she's unable to change the smell. Uh, we have nowhere else to place her. Oh, God. Do you have any suggestions to resolve this matter with a bit of grace and decorum for both the employee and her colleagues? Well, what do y'all think? Well, from a non-HR but a medical perspective, (laughs) I would like to really see if she's talked to a medical professional about that because... She can't change it? That seems like something you might be able to... Change. Or (laughs) help. Help. Um, Hopefully, this a lot of these security companies are like contractors and stuff. I wonder if they have health insurance. Oh, that's true. But there's community clinics and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this person needs to see a doctor. This person needs to see a doctor. This is a maintenance thing. Um, they should do a, um, uh, <laughs> a recirculating air in that small confined space. First of uh, all, why are there multiple people in this booth? <laughs> if it's a small, like what kind of security thing are they like How opening security a security is going to get done when there's multiple people? Right, in this I think booth. one person, I don't know. Let's it's, put a person in a booth at a time. One person in a booth at a time. Yeah. Get this woman some information about a doctor. Mm-hmm. If it's that nauseating for the people around her, then in this day and age, I mean, we just went through a pandemic. Like, I mean, think about that. We need to really reevaluate the staffing model. Right. Does there need to be multiple people in this little tiny booth? Can we do something with the air circulation? I said that jokingly, but I mean, that's... Could be a back could. problem. I yeah. mean, this could be a bigger problem than just this write-in. Right, because, I mean, let's be honest, maybe this woman consistently smells, but there's going to be times when, you know, somebody had Indian food for lunch and, you know, they're going to smell. So, I mean, this is a problem, I think, that hopefully she can find some resolve for. I feel like I always get, like, ads for that um, type of new deodorant that you can put anywhere on your body and it's supposed to help. And so... (laughs) Maybe between her doctor. What's it called? And then it will start popping up on all of our Instagram feeds. Um, <laughs> it's like Luma or something. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a thing. So I would recommend that. No, I'm. They should. They should look into it. They could. They should look into it. But then also, let's not have so many people in that place. You're right. Yeah. Find out what the medical resources are this person has access to. Direct them to those resources. If she doesn't take, if there's nothing wrong with the ventilation, let's say the ventilation is great. She doesn't take any action to go get some help and get this physical issue fixed. Um, then she needs to be reassigned. They don't have they anywhere, else, they don't to have put anywhere her. else to put her. Well, then I think it's a, I think it's a business decision. Like if, if, it's an issue for multiple people and it's noticeable and like it's a physical symptom that you can, that you've identified, you discuss with her. Then I think. So you let her go for a medical condition? It might not be a medical condition. Okay. We don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's where you're going to well, get Well, that's where it's going to get crazy. Guidance. That's where you're going to call an employment lawyer. If she comes back and says, I have this medical condition and no kidding, there's nothing, nothing that, can, that be can be done, done about it and you would know where to reassign her to, then... But as an employer, you can ask her to go and get a second opinion about that. Yeah, that's true. And find out, like, get a medical... You could send her to your company doctor. You could pick a doctor and send her to that doctor. Yes. You could pay for her to go. Yes. Which it might not be a bad idea 
for 150 bucks or whatever. Right. Just pay. Just pay. 150 bucks for a daughter's visit is going to be a lot cheaper than a lawsuit for something else. And so. a lot cheaper than the turnover. Yeah. Cost of everybody quitting that works around her. Yeah. So throw everybody a bone and pay for her to go see a doctor. Yes. Okay, that's yep. what we... All right. We just solved that problem. All right. All right. All right. Solved. Next that one. That one was weird. <laughs> Maybe this one won't be weird. Yeah. I'm ready. All right. Let's see. Oh, I love this. When people don't trust HR. Um, okay. From Raleigh. Just outsource it. Yeah. <laughs> we know somebody. LeafHR.com. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, HR sent out a quote-unquote anonymous survey in a Word file by email. And we should have replied back with filled in blanks. This is an employee from an employee's perspective, I guess. We figured out it's not really anonymous as who sent it would literally be written in from. So we filled the forms on the same machine. I guess it's a computer. And sent all of them in a single email. And HR was like, wait, you can't do that. I just meant I won't tell the bigger boss. Our entire team has no trust in our HR department now. Not sure how they will win it back. What would you all do differently? Oh, Lord. First of all, if you're saying it's an anonymous survey, it's got to be anonymous. They don't understand what anonymous means. Like I think Survey is Monkey problem. is free. Right. And yeah, there are programs. Yeah. There are programs <laughs> that are specifically <laughs> designed. Okay, we solved that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, don't send me your anonymous survey by email. I mean, that's, also, like, if you're that, I feel like that's an antiquated company maybe like print out the forms and have a shoebox that there people you go. just put yeah. them in like if you don't want to that would actually be better then it's super anonymous yeah also there's things that like you can throw in like powerpoint like um poll everywhere and what's the other one um we just i had another one too that works just like poll everywhere there are there's, there's a lot so many. There's anonymous a lot. survey google it yes let's google it right now um, okay, so so we believe uh, emailing anonymous survey results is not good. So, and honestly, like, how do they recover from that? That was part of the question, right? Because mm-hmm. now they have That's to tough. get the trust back. That's tough from HR. I can tell you that this this happened um, once um, to me. I was part of a larger um, organization, and and we got a survey. I didn't fill out the survey. I honestly forgot to do it, and um, got an email about two weeks later. Hey, you haven't filled out your survey yet. And it wasn't an automated response. It was an email from an individual. And I'm thinking, that knew you how, how anonymous is this? If, right. if I'm getting a reminder email just to me, not an undisclosed recipient, you know, it's, it's um, no, it came to me. So, uh, yeah, that, that happened to a lot of folks. And, and it took a very long time to recover from. So the recovery piece is, is important to focus on here, too. Typeform yeah. is another anonymous survey tool. Typeform. Typeform. And SurveyMonkey. But then it's like, what was the point of doing the survey? Right. What did you want to get out of it? Like, what did the HR person or the organization want to get out of that? Was it like feedback about safety? Was it feedback about how your managers are doing? Was it feedback about do you feel comfortable reporting code of conduct violations? Or were they trying to get feedback on a specific manager? Like, you just wonder what was the context of why did they put out the survey in the first place? Or were they just doing it to check a box because they thought like climate surveys are a good thing to do and right. we should do them, but I'm not really sure how to do them because I'm the owner's sister and I just got made the HR manager. Right. So That's good luck getting like. good results for your next survey. 
Yeah, well, yeah. no one's going to answer. Right. Um, or they're going to answer... The way you want them. The way you want you, them to answer, yes. and you're not going to get any good constructive feedback. Right. So the ship may have sailed. They may not get the trust back. The ship? The ship okay. has sailed <laughs> on finding trust in... No, it's true. Um, yeah, it's gone. It's gone. So, yeah. Sorry. All right. What's, is there another <laughs> one? We didn't really solve it, but it sucks no. to be her. Yeah. <laughs> in this day and age, with all the technology, just... Find one of these programs, deploy it, be done with yeah. it. Also, it sounds like at that organization, if you have any feedback, hopefully you can talk to your manager. And I would just not answer these surveys and just talk to your manager on a regular right. basis and give them little chunks of digestible pieces of feedback that they can act on and come with a solution. That'd be my recommendation. Right. Yes. Don't fill out these word surveys anymore. Yeah. And if you're working for an organization where, what did she say, the big wigs? The big boss. The big boss. The big boss. The big <laughs> that like boss. Mafia. I know, right? Like, it's mafia. If you're, if you're working for an organization where you don't want the big boss to know that you said something that you thought was professionally appropriate to say on a survey. Right. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> that's also something to consider. Like, I would, um, I would not really feel comfortable working for an organization that wants to know what I think about something, but I can't be transparent while professional. I agree. I mean, that's not a great place to work, especially where there's lots of options. Right. There's lots of options. Like if you can't request time to speak with the big boss about, I think that whatever it is, climate compensation, workforce, the time of day that we work, whatever it is, like maybe consider finding another place to work. I'm with you. Any final words for our audience? How to avoid HR nightmare? Get you a good HR person (laughs) or consultant. (laughs) Train your HR teams, support your HR teams, HR teams, support your people. And keep a positive attitude. Keep a positive attitude. You never know what treating somebody nice today is going to do for their tomorrow. Yeah. So. Being, it's free. It's free. I love tomorrow. free stuff. I know. Being nice is completely free. Do it. You're going to change somebody's day, and then they're going to be nice to somebody. Mm-hmm. And communicate. Yeah. And the being nice makes it easier to communicate. Absolutely. And Any check out Work words? Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Which just so happens to be an employee uh, and supervisor check-in tool that Leith HR Group created and it's super cheap, and you get 30 days free, you should just try it because you'll get some good feedback from your employees. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Right. If Thanks you, for having me. Yeah, oh, my God. Thank you for being here. Yes. Thanks. We had Thank to reschedule you. like a million times that's okay. that you came back. That's okay. So that's I'm cool. happy to be here. <laughs> uh, if you like HR Nightmares, please subscribe. Make sure you go check out Work Talk, the Leith HR Group Employee Check-In uh, mobile app. It's on the Apple Store. It's on the Google Play Store. Um, you get 30 free days. And leithhrgroup.com. This is Andy. Give him a call if you need a good HR consultant. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.